Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to The Spilled Tea, your place for the latest on pop culture, entertainment news, and LGBT issues. Now, here are your hosts. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of The Spill Tea. I'm your host, Demi Morgan. Um, I wish I could come up with a different phrase, but it kind of works. So I'm just going to use the phrase that I always use. Why fix what ain't broken, right? It'd be weird to, like, change it up all of a sudden every single show. I don't know. Whatever. Um, Today we have I got the pronunciation of his name correctly because I suck. And we, actually, you know what? It's funny. On Sunday, I said I'm not good at accents. Usually, I am. I'm good at, like, foreign names. And whenever someone sees an, uh, a different name than normal, usually I'm good at, like, oh. Like, one of my coworkers, her name is very, very Polish. And I got it right away. And she's like, oh, my God, you're, like, the first person that's ever said my name right. And I'm like, uh, you're Polish. I kind of knew that this vowel is, or this consonant is pronounced this way. And I don't know, whatever. But his name is Yunus Zahidi. That's how you pronounce it, Yunus. I asked him. I'm like, I don't want to butcher your name anymore. Um, we're just going to give him a couple minutes to sign in. But um, while we're waiting, I did want to make mention that um, how I met Eunice. So, okay, you all know I'm I'm a wicked flirt, and but it's like a harmless flirt. It's not like a salacious. I want to rip your clothes off and you know do nasty things with people. Um, I'm not like that. That's that's not who I am. I'm, I've never been like that. Um, when I look at guys that I'm attracted to, I'll say, like, oh, I wonder what he's like as a boyfriend, or I bet he'd make a good dad. <laughs> like, I'm that weirdo. So um, I'm watching Slipping 101 with Tarek Musa, and as I'm watching it, because I'm obsessed with HGTV, well, maybe not all the shows, some of the shows. I'm, I like Property Brothers. I like all the Property Brothers series. They have like five or seven shows. I went from five to seven. Wow, that was weird. Um, they have a lot of shows on there. Let me see, actually. So it's Property Brothers. It's Property Brothers Buying and Selling, Property Brothers Forever Home, Property Brothers Brother versus Brother. Um, then they have... Um, Property Brothers at Home, where they help their their family and friends. Then they have, 
Oh, I think there's one more I'm missing. I don't know. Anyway, and I also watched Flipper Flop with Christina and Tarek. And I honestly like the sh- their show better since they've been divorced. There's like a playfulness between the two that wasn't there when they were married. And she'll like make fun of them where she would never have done that before. Like uh, they went to this coffee shop and Tarek ordered a, <laughs> he ordered a 30% milk, 70% coffee. And she's like, what? You are so LA. He's like, what? It tastes better. And just like the banter between them is so much more enjoyable since they've gotten divorced. And um, so he has this other show by himself called Flipping 101 where he meets different people and he mentors them and he walks them through a flip. He actually walked Eunice and his mom through a flip and the, I'm not even joking with you. The second I saw Eunice, I was like, who there? He, I, I've never seen a man look like that before. I was stunned. So I'm over here like watching TV and drooling. And so I was like, you know what? I'll be harmless. And I'll like tell Tarek that I loved the show. So I did. I, I went on Tarek's page and I'm like, oh my God, I love the show. It was really cool, and Tarek tagged Eunice in it. And I'm like, all right, if I contact him, I'm going to look like a total psycho. And I'm like, eh, maybe I won't. Maybe he'll just, like, think I'm fun or something. So I contacted him, and he was the nicest guy. Eunice is so nice. Like, not only is he interrupted or just, but he's like the nicest guy, so it was like, this is this guy is perfect. He is like so awesome. So I kept asking him, you know, when are you coming on my show? And so finally, he said that he would, and he is actually waiting right now. And I'm gonna bring him on. So Eunice, say hello to everyone. Hello, everyone. <laughs> oh, the voice! I can't. Wow. Um, <laughs> Okay, so I have to ask, when I contacted you, what was your first impression? Were you like, this chick is psycho? No. You could be honest. It was a nice, okay. No, honestly, I thought it was a nice uh, new lady friend from social media that watched the show. And I thought it was cute that you were um, giving a shout-out to my mom because that's obviously um, the first time I brought my mom onto a TV show. So for her to get a positive response, that she, cool. she, I mean, granted, of course I fell in love with you, but your mom was <laughs> so sweet and she was so like, Eunice, we can't do this. And I'm like, oh my God, I love her. And I'm like, hmm, <laughs> I wonder if I can marry him just so that I can be related to her. I <laughs> that would work. <laughs> your daughter-in-law. I, um, oh, I mean, it was fun, awesome. you know, and my mom was so nervous with all the cameras, um, on her. was super nervous, like, all of the, the things that you, that you saw in my mom that were so endearing about how nervous she was, mm-hmm. they were because mm-hmm. of the cameras, I, she's not usually <laughs> as nervous because, like, I did with not the, uh, see any nerves whatsoever, she just seemed like she was <laughs> just, like, a pro, I, I, wow. right, right. Oh. Yeah, it was super fun. So, 
let's just get into it. The thing that let's I felt it. like, so I started, I started researching you, and I'm like, okay. Well, first you said your mom was like, yeah, we're from Germany, and I'm like, wait, he doesn't look German. <laughs> I was like, wait, that's not what Germans yeah. look like. I'm like, right. I know they're not lying, but how? And then <laughs> you and I talked, and you're like, oh, you know, right. I'm Moroccan. I'm like, oh, okay, got it now. And exactly. um, then you also told me that you're Muslim, too. So how in the world yeah. did a Moroccan Muslim end up in Germany? Please let me know this. I need to know okay. the story. So, so Germany and France, mostly, but mm-hmm. Holland is like many countries in Europe, but Germany is definitely one of the front runners, has a huge influx of um, Im- immigration, like the U.S., right? Oh. And in Germany, okay. yeah, I mean, Germany, the number one population of immigrants are actually Turkish people, because they came oh. and rebuilt the country back after the war and stuff like that. But my situation is, my dad was um, Spanish-Moroccan, so he was already mixed, and then grew up in Morocco, then went to Spain for grad school, and then got a job in Germany um, for a Moroccan business. And then he went to Morocco, married my mom, took her to Germany, and Aww. that's where my sisters and I were born and grew up. And then I moved here um, to the States when I was 18 by myself. <laughs> How many sisters do you have? I have two. Two older sisters. And they... One still in Germany. Oh, okay. I was about to ask that. Okay. Yep. One's in Germany. Yeah. Yep. One's in Germany. And, and then the after, after living, the other came here exactly after living here 10 years. I was in New York for five. And then at that time, LA for five, I brought my mother and one of my sisters over here as well. So, and I want to know this for my own, because I was born and raised here. How do you yeah. go from Germany to the U.S. Mm-hmm. and then bring family here legally. How do you do that? Right. You file a petition. It's um, okay. It's different forms you file, you know, through the government. But with parents, for example, the same as parents are the easiest because there's no question about the legitimacy, right? The relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, exactly. Mm-hmm. There's no interview yeah. to make sure that there's a mom. No, it's just a birth certificate. Yeah. And they come over, and that's how it did that. Uh, once I had my citizenship, and, you know, I had my ducks in a row with my career, and my sister finished mm-hmm. school and brought them over here. And I also have the Moroccan citizenship because I never gave that up. So okay. technically I have three. Oh, uh, France. Afro-Euro-American. Yes. <laughs> wow. Oh, my gosh. So how did I'm you love secure your own citizenship? There's nothing wrong with that. And guess what? It worked out fine for you. Hello. Um, how, did, how did you secure your citizenship, though? Like, as a person from Germany, well, did you, like, I, right. I just, I don't know how, to, how that works. So my story was, I just mm-hmm. finished undergrad in Germany at a very young age. And I knew I wanted mm-hmm. to be an actor, and I was always a big fan of American um, cinema and things like that. So I was like... Um, I would love to go to New York and study there. So I got lucky. Mm-hmm. Was part of this program, it was kind of like a Peace Corps service. And then okay. they send German uh, citizens all over the world 
Um, and I got to crazy Times Square, Manhattan at 18 with a job in an apartment. And wow. then, um, yeah, it's serendipitous. Like my, and then my acting school was next door. I signed up. I was accepted. Oh, come on. Yeah, it gets better. And then uh, <sighs> the same building dance school was in. I was hired after three months as a teacher, although I just started as a student. And then wow. I uh, met someone in acting class, and uh, we fell in love. And I was 19. <gasps> she was Aww. a bit older. We got married. Um, oh, and I ended up staying what? because I didn't have, I didn't intend to stay. I was going to come and study and then, you know, see what happens, right? Because we, we met, I ended up staying um, here. Okay. <laughs> so you got married at 19? Yep. Everything. Holy mother of God. Well, I, I think I was probably still playing with Barbies at 19. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I just, I was so immature at 19. You were like, you, you had, by 19, you had moved away from your family, gotten a yeah. job, got an apartment, got married, and I'm sitting here like, oh, I'm in college. Hmm. I wonder what Barbie's <laughs> doing right now. <laughs> what the hell? But wow. I, I think because I, because I think I grew up with an immigrant family already. So I'm like, it's like yeah. double, right? So. I already seen my parents go through it, and I spent so much time mm-hmm. growing up in Morocco, and I always mm-hmm. consider myself more Moroccan than Germany, at the, at even oh, even okay. growing up in Germany, you know, and seeing the cultural differences, and and it's so different, uh, you know, one is Africa, the other one is Europe, so they couldn't be more different, and then um, right. it made it easier for me to move away and start anew, and 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 assimilate because I'm already mixed and culturally mixed and and languages I already speak multiple. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't, I wasn't so attached to one place given I was from Mm. multiple already. So it was just easier for me to do that. I think. But you, (laughs) but you are kind of attached to the U S though or no? Yeah. I mean, this is home, you know, I've spent at this point, um, the majority of my remembered life is has been here, you know, between LA and New York. Um, but again, that's that's what I consider part of my home in the U.S. It's the big cities and you know the more liberal places. Like I could not deal with um, the South or um, you know more rural areas. Mm. Although I'm speaking generally, right? There's wonderful people in Texas. I did a movie in Austin, fell in love with it so much. But then you have the suburbs where it's not that great for diverse people. And, well, um, the funny part is it's going to be because in Alabama they just elected the very first transgender yeah. governor. So <laughs> uh, in Alabama hilarious, right? <laughs> hilarious. Exactly. I hope yeah. she shocks the shit out of them because holy oh, yeah. shit. I was I was reading and it and I was like, Am I reading this correctly? Like twenty twenty has been so strange. I love it. I love did, it. Did you watch? Um, yeah, me too. Me too. I actually agree with ahead. you because I think um, people are finally waking up and they stop, mm-hmm. you know, brushing things under the rug and pretending everything's great. And now people are actually uh, standing Doing up something. for positive mm-hmm. change. Yeah, exactly. What were you going to ask me? Did I watch what? Pose. 
Oh, Speaking of honey. Alabama. Honey, I mean, <laughs> I, I was living for Pose. Candy is my favorite character of all time. She is just, for some reason, the, one, the two things I remember about Candy is when she, <laughs> when she brought that hammer, and I just, I don't know, for some, I've never seen that. She's, like, ready to beat someone with a hammer. And then the other thing, um, when she was being dragged by Pray Tell, and oh my God, yeah. she had the, uh, I mean, she always was dragged by Pray Tell. But when he said, what did he say to her? He said um, he was making fun of her body. I can't remember the exact quote, but I pray that she gets nominated for an Emmy and wins because Angelica Ross is God. I mean, holy she, crap. Yeah, she was wonderful. She really was. What did you think about the, the show from a heterosexual I, male? Yeah, I love I loved the show. I love the, but I particularly mm-hmm. love the first season because I think it was mm-hmm. even more, you know, sociocritical and political and it was brilliant. And the second season was still great and fun. Um, I love particularly that one moment. And I think that's what people that may not be as exposed can start to actually be more open-minded. It's when the white guy, I don't know what his name was, the, the dude that was with, a, um, with the pretty Angel? girl. With Angel, exactly. The guy yeah. that was with her in the diner, and he told her that she's the only truthful person he's known because everybody, including him, just pretends to be someone they're supposed to be. And for oh. her to know who she's been from childhood on mm-hmm. and fight for it in a, way, in a world that is not rooting for her, that's making it difficult mm-hmm. for her to be who she is and for her to still be who she is, that she's basically superior to him. And I thought that was brilliant. It really was refreshing. Wow. Even for me, as liberal and open-minded as I am, it was still very uh, educating to me for that particular niche, you know? And for me, that moment, I remember it now that you talk about it, but it went over my head because I'm so like, um, people have said that to me and I'm just like, oh, well, thank you. So I kind of am <laughs> hearing it, I guess. So, but it, right, it right. resonates with me because you said it, like somebody that is completely opposite from me. And so when I hear other people's perspective outside of the LGBTQ community, that feels so amazing. Like, I, I love that you brought Pose up. I love that you connected with it. I'm, like, so happy right now. Oh. Anyways, um, how, <laughs> I have to ask you this, though. How did you get so liberal? Um, are, are you a practicing Muslim? Um, I mean, I'm not, but I'm, I oh, like okay. that you brought it up because of the false, false representation that Islam is exactly. not. Exactly. The exactly. maniac George Bush, right? I don't know why he's mm-hmm. still out of prison. Um, wow. This is just propaganda, wow. you know. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The the right wing Republicans they need oil and they go to the Middle East because God or whoever blessed them with oil. So they go mm-hmm. bomb them back to the Stone Ages and pretend to the world like they're doing any good. But no, they're just mm-hmm. out there taking oil to make sure that their uh, pockets are full and. With that, the new um, villain of the last decade was the Muslims. Who in the '90s? Who was the villain in all movies? It was always the Russians. And then, yeah, oh yeah, in the, right. right, yeah. 
like the Russians, the Russians, and then before oh, that, I guess. Right. Yeah, and who, who it was the Chinese? It's fine. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. All Asian, you know. Koreans, Vietnamese, yep, um, Japanese. Chinese, Japanese. They were before the Russians, like in the like. Yes. Um, the eighties. No wait. Yeah, wait. exactly. Yeah, the eighties. Like, the nineties was Russian. And even yeah. earlier, you know, like yeah. like the yeah. Vietnam War, the Japanese internment mm-hmm. camps, all of those things. They always have to vilify a group. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a, that's, mili- that's what military does. They, they vilify in order to, to justify human killings. Otherwise, how would you mm-hmm. ever be able to justify killing millions or hundreds of thousands of people for what? You know what I mean? Mm. You have to so, make yeah. a narrative that. Yeah. So because, the reason I bring it up is because Muslims have such a bad rap for being... Um, xenophobic, very xenophobic. And you are the most liberal Muslim I've ever met in my (laughs) entire life. So I'm like, how did we get there? How did you get there? Was there something that happened um, in your childhood or? Well, um, multiple things. I I, I try not to go on another rant because I love the questions you asked. It's very refreshing. First of all, thank you. And go um, on a rant. (laughs) (laughs) Please do. I do agree with you. I think Islam gets a bad rap, but that's what it is. It's a bad Mm -hmm. rap because because what's being propagated is the same thing to Islam as KKK is to Christianity, which is fascists and right-wing extremists. Those are not Muslims. Those are just – that's a cult that Hillary Mm -hmm. Clinton herself admitted the U.S. co-created. Why? Because – those were small rebel groups in countries like Iraq, Iran, Syria, wherever, right? And then the U.S. Mm-hmm. would go in trying to strategically uh, get rid of that local uh, regime in order to have a coup, yada, yada, yada. And they would arm those rebel groups and make them strong. And then those rebel groups would actually become what we now know as al-Qaeda or back in the day it was the Taliban or ISIS. Mm-hmm. They all stem from the same thing. They would have not been able to become what they were if not for outside malicious, uh, malevolent rather um, intrude, intrusion. You know, it's like mm-hmm. if somebody would come here and arm the KKK group for political motives to help them get rid of democracy. And then the KKK group in turn becomes so strong that they attack its own people. You know? So, um, yeah. That's a little backstory on that, but and then okay. having said that, I'm not religious only because I grew up with all religions. In Germany, there was Christianity. My grandma is Jewish. My family's Muslim. So I early on saw that all three religious major religions, like the monotheistic ones, like Islam, Judaism, and Christianity, are the same thing, 100%. Um, and I just wanted to stay out of it. And then you know, growing up in Europe and being in Morocco and coming to New York and being an artist and having a bunch of sisters. And I, I mean, how could I not be, you know, liberal and want equality and want peace. And that's all that liberalism means. And I don't know how one can turn liberalism into anything bad because all it says, we want peace and equality for every human being. What's bad about that? You know, 
I think um, I think it's because people don't have control. Like, there's a certain narrative when when these people say all lives matter, they want to take that narrative away from someone else. And so, right. when we say like like what you're saying with liberals, we're including the bad people, which is which kind of weird. But the bad people are only including themselves. They're not including anybody else. So it's kind exactly. of strange how people hate liberals, but like you're saying, liberals are including everybody. <laughs> it's very strange. Right. Exactly. Um, so what? Um, so you're in New York. You're. LA. Or, no, 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 no. This, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm backing oh, up. Oh, I'm backing up. Sorry. Timeline. Um, you're in New okay. York. You're working. You're married. Everything's good. When do you move from New York to L.A.? All right. So, like, what prompted that? I mean, that, that was uh, a couple of reasons, I think. I, I was living Midtown, Times Square, Manhattan. It's, you know, how it's loud. It's intense. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, like 46 and 8. <laughs> And yeah, and it was like right when uh, Health Kitchen, you know, that neighborhood was like being gentrified and stuff. But it was loud. Oh, it was so okay. intense. And I mm-hmm. loved it for three years and four years. And then I started to get really like my nerves were just like, I need to get the hell out of here. I need some like space and quiet, you know? And then mm-hmm. um, the marriage fell apart because I was just too young. Um, mm. And yeah, you know, I mean, that young, it's crazy. And then I uh, had a few I mean, films. I didn't want to uh, judge you, but I was pretty fucking young. <laughs> Wait, oh before God, we yeah, go on, yeah. what did your mom say when you said that you're getting married at 19? I mean, um, she wasn't there, first of all. And my mom was in Morocco at the time. My mom wasn't even in Germany when I mm-hmm. left Germany because it happened really quickly. She was in mm-hmm. Morocco. And, okay. Um, my mom met her right before we got married, so she knew her. She came to visit. It was um, it was the most interesting was that they were similar age. Um, was more you know more more a subject than that I I was so young that my wife ex wife was uh, basically my mom's age. <laughs> Wait, whoa, 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 whoa! You left that part out the first time. Yes. I what I <laughs> You are something. I'm learning so much about you right now. Wow. Oh, there's so okay. Much more. Okay. <laughs> okay. So sorry. So the marriage fell apart. Then what? Marriage fell apart, and then um, mm-hmm. so it felt different for me, you know, not being in New York, single, and, and yeah, uh, you know, had my fun for a while, and then it was just I felt. Um, I lost my groundedness, if that makes sense. Like I was yeah. just kind of running around. And then I, um, yeah. I got lucky. I had some uh, work success happen. Like I had a couple of films. And then with those films, one of them actually ended up going to a festival in, in L.A. And then the recession hmm. hit, um, which hit New York first because of the of Wall Street and stuff. And I was like, okay, that's the time. So I came to L.A., supported the film, you know, quickly found work here and an apartment and and was grateful that I made that move when I did it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. You are yeah. just like the man of luck. You have so much luck. 
That's amazing. <laughs> it's, I know it seems like it, but it's it's like I I work like up to hundred hundred and twenty hours a week, and not not even uh, oh my so goodness gracious. Oh yeah, there are times I would like, sleep four nights a week and be up the rest, and it was like it was a lot. But you are right. You can be such a hard worker and so prepared, and still have no doors open. I did, you know, I, I would have serendipitous things happen where I hustle and hustle and hustle, and then all of a sudden, I was like, oh, I ended up in the right place at the right time, you know. So in that sense, mm-hmm. I would meet good people that. Um, I'm grateful to have met along the way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where are it's you? Sound, you're in, you're you, in Alabama? No. Oh, hell no. I'm in uh, Boston <laughs> now. Oh, okay, nice. I like Boston. I have a cousin there. And, uh, shoot, I forgot what it was called. Quincy. That is the craziest thing. So, right now, I am... Actually, move. I I didn't tell you all this online. Um, we we've talked back and forth, but we haven't like had a sit down conversation. So right, right. Right now, I'm in Dorchester, Mass, which is okay. Um, think of Dorchester like it's almost like a bur- a borough of Boston, like like with New York City. Greenwich Village is part of New York City. You know what I mean? Like, it's part of Manhattan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got you. Right. So, Dorchester is part of Boston, but it's, like, mm-hmm. it's got its own zip code. Its own it's got its own... Part, got it, right. Got it. Everything. But it's still part of Boston, but it's just not Boston okay. proper. Um, right. And actually, I've discovered... So, this is the second time I've lived here. I moved back to Boston in 2014, I was just actually a couple of streets from where I am now. And it was great. I lived there for two years. Then I moved to Southern Mass in a horrible roommate situation, which I did definitely, oh, I'll tell you off. Word. It's horrible. I, I, you have no, I, wait till I tell you offline. It was horrible. And then I oh moved back God. here to, to uh, Dorchester. And I realized I'm just not a city person. I, I thought I was. And I'm not. I can't deal with the noisy neighbors upstairs. I can't deal with having to have two roommates and the oh, rats outside. I just, it's, right. I mean, yelling and screaming. I mean, I'm in a neighborhood, oh, yeah. but still there are some townies. So it's like, yeah. I hear like, I'm not trying to be rude. Sometimes right. I hear white trash people fighting. I'll be honest with you. Oh, yeah. And they're, like, yeah, yeah. in the middle of the street, and they're fighting. And I'm like, God, shouldn't you put a T-shirt on? Like, why are you fighting <laughs> in your shorts? Like, like seriously, right. I can see them from my window. I'm just like, you guys are weird. Like, this is – I'm a country person. I'm going back to the right. suburbs. And <laughs> the funny part is, what I'm doing is I'm going to move back home with my mom in Springfield for right. a couple of months. And then I'm moving Which back. Which Springfield? Um, Springfield, Massachusetts. Gotcha. So um, I'm moving back there for mm, probably until next February. But I've been in touch with my um, landlord, and they are getting me an apartment in Quincy. So it's like what? <laughs> kind of funny when you mentioned it. So I was like, 
Is he in my head? Is he in my computer? Did he see that, my email? That is random. That's hilarious. It's so yeah, random. Uh, I went there when I was I think I was that means York. we should that's, get married. I think that's what it means. That I think it's, that's exactly. I said serendipity. Would you see, stop right there. flirting with me? <laughs> Oh, uh, my I, God. Yeah, that's my mom's cousin. <laughs> that's my mom's cousin. <laughs> she won the green card lottery in 2000 Aww. in Morocco, and then uh, she moved to Boston. That yeah. is so sweet. And it's I used to take weird that it's a from New York. Cutting yeah, out. I think there was, um, yeah, like the Fong Wa. Um, I think yes. there's a lot of Moroccan. <laughs> That's so funny. There's I, a lot of Moroccan grad students. Um, mm-hmm. Have you taken it? Oh. No, I've never taken the Feng Wah, no. When I, um, I saw that you used to be at All My Children, but when we had, um, like, four soaps in New York, I used to, yeah, um, exactly. my mom and I used to take the train from New Haven, Connecticut, into Times Square, and we would go to the fan club luncheon for Guiding Light. So oh. that was for like five, five years, four or five years. But um, oh, I miss New York. I haven't been since 2010. I, I really oh, haven't that, been. Wow. Mm-hmm. I haven't been since was, 17, 2017. Well, that was the thing my mom and I did. And we did it for a specific reason. So I kind of, like, feel like I can't go without mom. You know what I mean? It was like our bonding. Right. But, all right, enough about me. I'm talking way too much about myself. Um, No, I want to know. (laughs) I know. It's a mutual interview. (laughs) Yeah, apparently. So (laughs) you you moved to L.A., you settled in, you got, would you say you had a job in an apartment? Oh, yeah, when I was, I was... But mm-hmm. at that time, it was a recession. It was a writer's mm-hmm. strike, and I actually ended up bartending um, at a hotel bar um, where I was also able to meet a lot of great people in the industry. It was one of those um, hot spots. Mm-hmm. Whenever you watch TMZ and you saw the paparazzi chasing people down the driveway, like Lindsay Lohan or whoever, that's the place where I worked. Um, and, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah, and um, it was a it was a cool cool experience to do, and you know, save some money, support my family back home, and um, get myself um, situated in LA. And then once I was able to get my footing here as an actor, I was able to quit. Um, and yeah, so just been you know, doing my thing and doing. I started with um, theater in New York, and then dance. Um, and then I moved to, um, and I modeled when I was younger, and then I moved to um, independent films. And mm-hmm. then from indie films and short films, I moved to uh, co-stars and guest star roles on television. And then after mm-hmm. that, I got recently, a couple of years ago, I got a, a lead in my uh, first feature film that had theatrical release, and I was able to um, win a few uh Acting best best lead actor awards for that um, throughout international nice. festivals. Yeah, I know that. Very grateful. Uh, grateful for that project for multiple reasons. I'll, I'll talk to you about it for sure. Okay. And then recently, I started um, with this quarantine. You know, mm-hmm. you say uh, a door opens. Uh, what's that saying? A door opens, a window. A door closes, another 
window opens or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of happened because I was forced to go within myself and be like, okay, what's the next creative thing? Because for years I had friends in higher places saying to me that, you know, the next step should be to write your own content and tell your stories yeah. because that'll set you apart exactly as somebody with a diverse background. You have an interesting perspective, yada, yada, yada. And then I um, finally used this quarantine time and I, I've been writing. I just finished a pilot and I'm working on a feature as well. And it's such a beautiful feeling because it's a whole different creative process. More, you have more control, you know, because you're, yeah. you're, you're the one creating it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's what's happening with me right now. <laughs> Did you want to talk about that project? Or... Yeah. Or can um, you not? No, I can. I can. Uh, okay. I can, for sure. Um, but first, I want to talk about the feature that I that I won for, that I did. And because it goes hand in hand with what we discussed earlier with um, its liberal message. Now, the interesting thing about this film, and this film is called My Stretch of Texas Ground. It's currently on Amazon Prime. That movie mm-hmm. was actually written and uh, done in Texas, in Austin. And, you know, we helped with the script because there were some challenges, um, but we, uh, liberal, more liberal-minded people came in and helped with some of the things that you shouldn't say and can, cannot say. And, but once we got there, it's an anti-war film. The movie basically criticizes the Iraq war and points out consequences of the war, which are terrorism. Because if you bomb two million people and destroy everything, you're going to have an uprise of extremism seeking revenge uh, and doing things that are not great in return. So um, mm-hmm. it pokes holes in, in everything, you know, and it's, um, it was a great film to be part of and to be recognized globally you know, from different communities and, and, and to be able to do that. Um, and the part I played was this, this kick-ass James Bond type of character who fought and killed and cried and spoke five languages. So, uh, like a spy, spy assassin. Yeah, yeah, I see. He's, Eunice was nominated for seven awards from this one film, and he won all seven, guys. Like, that's... <laughs> I mean... From this one film, they're different festival awards, like you said, but he, I, wow, wow. My hottie from Flipping 101 <laughs> is an award-winning yeah. actor. I picked a good one this time, y'all. I picked a good one. Thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, I wow, appreciate it. I just, I, I'm shocked because I, wow, Okay. So, there's just so much more to you than just, like, you being hot or you being knocking or you being from Germany. And I love finding out this stuff. You remind me oh, yeah, of my so friend. Nice. I got I to gotta introduce you guys. His name is Kevin yes, Caliber. He, he is, yep. you guys would get along so well because he is just, like, you look at him and you think one thing and then you talk to him and right. you're like, you are nothing like I thought you would be. 
Right, you guys right, get along right. great. I have to make the introduction. He was on the show too. But. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. So you are writing your own stuff now. Um, yes. What are you doing for the quarantine? Mm-hmm. So um, the, mm-hmm. during the quarantine, the first month, I'm that weird kid that enjoyed it, right? That was like, oh, I – Everybody no, was finally doing there. That. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It was like mm-hmm. everything slowed down and just like mad. Yes. You know, people mm-hmm. were prior to that, that in LA, people were just so magic all the time. It was nice. Mm-hmm. Slow down, chill. But then month two, I was like, okay, it's getting old. And especially, mm-hmm. like, I, I love working out and the gym's being closed. And, uh, yeah. you know, then you then start thinking about then it comes mm-hmm. serious, and then you start thinking about business mm-hmm. and money and things for, and not just for yourself, but family, other people, the world. So, but at the end of the day, I'm, I, you know, take care of myself and make sure my family's good, um, and we're all um, making the best of it. You know, we we uh, need to work as much as we can. We eat mm-hmm. healthy. We stay healthy. We exercise as much as we can. Um, and we just get through it because it's something we all have to deal with collectively. Um, and that's the one silver lining I see is that there are so many people that go through existential crises on a daily basis. And then there's those mm-hmm. other people who never had a problem ever. And mm-hmm. I think this what problems may feel like, um, which I mm-hmm. think is a good thing to empathize with less fortunate who you may have judged yes. wrongfully. You know what I mean? Because um, this pandemic didn't just affect one class of people. It affects everybody all at the same time. Right. So whether you're exactly. rich, middle class, poor, you yeah. all stop everything. Exactly. But you now have to rely on the people that you look down upon, service workers, uh, drivers, Grubhub yep. drivers, Uber drivers, yep. everybody. Yep. You have to re- you have to rely on all these people for groceries, oh, yeah. for food, and Everything. grocery store workers too. Yeah, oh, yeah. definitely. I agree with you a hundred and ten percent. It made yeah. you, no matter what your economic status is, it made you see things totally different. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So for that. I think it's good, but with the, you know, here, you know, it's not like Canada where the support system is just stronger. You know, the government support system is stronger. So much people. stronger. Mm-hmm. So much stronger, yeah. right? It's sad yeah. here to see. I think that unemployment rate will change at the end of the month. So a lot of people will actually start yeah. feeling um, the economic effects starting next month, unless Congress does something about it. Um, and businesses are losing their leases because they can't keep up with rents. I don't understand why they don't just cancel mortgage and rent and everything temporarily until things normalize somewhat. But I'm not a politician, and I don't know what to say. Some places are. Other places are not. So it's just, it depends on a lot of things. Who's greedy, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Money. money should be non-subject now. It should all just be humanity. But who, you know, that's wow. how you and I live our lives every day. 
on how mm-hmm. you teach that to corporate greed. You know, you can't. Yeah. Um, um, and then, yeah, so I, I spent it writing. And um, yeah. I um, finally was like, okay, I had done a, okay, backtrack. I'm an actor and I, I was also a dancer, but I never considered myself a writer. I respect and um, love that it's its own craft, right? Um, yeah. And then like five years ago, six years ago, I did a, a program called LA Writers Lab, which is a four-month program, intensive course. So at least I was able to learn about structure of uh, screenplay. Yeah. Other than just you know approaching it from the acting uh, standpoint. And I had written a feature film back then, but it was more of a passion project. And I shelved it, and that's it. And then I had another idea for a show um, that, I, that I decided with my current writing partner to finally write. And it's a um, L.A. industry-based, um, and I mentioned that to you on Instagram. It's an L.A. Yeah. industry-based um, drama. So the first season is going to um, evolve around five Aspire four aspiring uh, performers and one um, aspiring uh, hotshot um, agent. So he's also in the industry, but behind the scenes. And all mm-hmm. of them are um, diverse. So I'll be playing one um, as mixed as they come. There is, um, well, one I cannot give away. I told you on Instagram, right? You um, did, and I'm like, the one character. Tell me more. Don't, yes. <laughs> don't, yes. Yeah. Don't, but that's. Uh, we can talk, talk about, about that, that offline. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. uh, I also have yeah. some questions for you. And um, okay. that one, because it's going to be a surprise reveal later. Um, and okay. so that there's multiple diverse, you know, black um, and the female, uh, one white female, one black female, one black guy, and um, an immigrant. And then also the, okay. they all. We're following them, and they all all their stories will, um, after each episode, you know, throughout the season, everybody's stories will intertwine. But at first, they don't know yeah. each other. And the key to our story is that we are focusing on the dark side of Hollywood, you know. So it's not mm-hmm. about the shiny Beverly Hills. No, but it's more about mm-hmm. the depression, the anxiety, the drugs, the Me Too lifestyle people deal with, sexual harassment, racism, um, struggles with family, pressure, and uh, I mentioned depression, but also in the sense of self-worth and lack of success, um, having to have all these odd jobs, money being an issue. So all these things we don't get to see about, you know, performers and artists and actors and whatnot on TV that will be very interesting to, to sit down and watch in a series of people you care about and root for. Some will succeed. Some will completely uh, crumble. So it's going to be a mm-hmm. very dramatic, um, long-lived show because um, there's so many places we can take these characters because we're not starting Amazing. at a successful stage. We're starting at a dark time in each of their lives, and then we see what happens next, you know? And will this be on streaming or like a network television show? Now that we we haven't, um, well, first we haven't decided that, and second, it's gonna you know it's yeah. gonna depend on who will have the um, best 
interest, best package, best offer. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, if she's listening. I'm praying. Uh, okay, go oh, ahead. Go ahead, sorry. No, 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 you first. You first. All Come right. I'll <laughs> say that. The guest uh, goes first. <laughs> if uh, I'm friends with Rose McGowan, um, who's an awesome actor oh, okay. and, and uh, mm-hmm. great um, in in all kinds of um, everything movements, <laughs> exactly right. I mean, yeah. wow. So and she's um, amazing. I haven't. She's amazing, and this was the first time I'm mentioning this mentioning this publicly that I'm interested in her as the director um, for the pilot because of her vision, and I've seen her direct a film that uh, went wow. to festivals and years ago. So if, I'll approach her with it once it's done, and um, yeah, tell her that I mentioned it on this interview, and uh, if we are so lucky and she attached herself, um, that would be awesome to have a female director that's such a powerhouse, you know? Knowing your luck, <laughs> it'll probably happen. Like, like, let's just be honest. Knowing your luck, it'll probably happen. I just, well, I just need to, like, attach myself to you. <laughs> yeah, um, if you need a if if you need a, a a wife on the show, I mean, Done. no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I, so, are you an actor as well? I am an aspiring one. I say aspiring because I haven't done anything like as a lead or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I'm aspiring. Yeah, I've done two acting classes, and I just like it's one of those things where, and I know you have it. Once you do those two acting classes and then I actually did background work. It just like, mm-hmm. yep, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. Yeah. But yeah, I also absolutely. want to write. I think what's Beautiful. important and what I love about you doing this show is that I have told so many of my LGBTQ plus friends, my minority friends, stop going on auditions and start writing the roles that need to be auditioned for. Like we need Thank to start you. writing our own stories because yes, I mean, absolutely. let me tell you, I love Pose, but the reason I love Pose is because it's not written by white gay Ryan Murphy. Right. It's written by Janet <laughs> Mock, who's a black trans woman. It's written by, exactly. uh, our Lady J, who's a white trans woman. It's written by people yeah. who know what the hell they're talking about. Absolutely, so, as it should be. We should be as it should be. Stories. And Absolutely, so I because love that's the that biggest... you are writing. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I, I I agree with you. No, I agree with you. It's it's the biggest problem um, in so many industries. You know, uh, mm-hmm. corporations and and Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, the lack of inclusion, the lack of real diversity. I'm not talking about tokens and, you know, filling Mm -hmm. quotas. I'm talking about Mm -hmm. the rooms where actual decisions are made. Now, that's, those are the rooms that should represent the people of the country. And this country is browner than it's white. And that's what it should look Mm -hmm. like on TV. And that's what it should look like in every boardroom. Um, Ellen Pompeo did something. She had, what was it? Was it a, a commercial? 
or a uh, like a brand she was uh, hired to represent, and she walked into um, the uh, the room and she criticized them right there. She said, "I'm only going to do it if everybody you hire." Uh, she gave them a certain percentage. Like she made sure that it had to be wow. inclusive and diverse. Yeah, she's very outspoken when it comes to um, equality, racial equality, particularly. Um, you know what I mean? And uh, absolutely, mm. and we have to. It starts in the writing. If you don't write stories for the, and I hate saying minorities because it actually it, we're not minorities. It's majorities, you know. Like, um, mm. but it's for diversity. Yeah. Like, if you if you don't write stories for brown people, immigrants, uh, mm-hmm. LGBTQ, uh, trans stories, uh, but in the right way, not as, not as um, stereotypes, like let's, let's tell another mm-hmm. story about, about a struggling black family or a, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a radical Islamic family or something like that. No, let's tell stories about Bin real down. people. Mm-hmm. It's been done. Exactly. Tell stories about real people that happen to be the attorney that happens to be Muslim American, but he's a great attorney right. who's a great person who cares about his religion. You know what I mean? It's secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Things like that. If we write them, then they can get cast and they can get shot by more diverse people. And then also you educate the society with what it really looks like to be something versus the propagated version that they were mm-hmm. lied about all along. And if you look at a, a franchise like um, the Marvel movies, let's take, the, for example, the Marvel movies. Yeah. Um, if you look at Iron Man, those movies, they did, they did good, you know. Captain America, mm-hmm. they did good. Um, Thor, but then you get to Black Panther. Now, Black Panther is a movie about black culture, and it had like two, maybe three white people in the whole thing. It made a billion dollars. The first right. movie out of the, I'm sure there's going to be three of them, because that's what they do, made a billion yeah. That didn't happen with Iron Man. That didn't happen with Thor. That didn't happen mm-hmm. with Captain America. Boom, a mm-hmm. billion dollars. Black Panther. Exactly. So then you think, exactly. Wow. Diversity. And then they had Captain Marvel, a movie about a female centered mm-hmm. around a female superhero. Boom, another right. billion. Right out of the yeah. gate. Wonder Guys, Woman killed it too. People, oh my God, Wonder Woman. I saw that three times in the theater. Exactly. Uh, I just, I just, those are examples of when the studios gave us something different, we flocked to it and we, we blew it up. I'm not like yeah. trying to hate on Ant-Man. I loved Ant-Man. But both of them, <laughs> neither one of them broke a billion dollars. Neither one of them even came close to a billion dollars. What is that right. telling you? Exactly. And you give us something different and we will flock to it. Period. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think I don't know if it was Oh no, I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, you didn't. You didn't. Go ahead. I was saying that I um don't know if it was just their own uh misinformation, mm-hmm. you know, studio execs and whatnot, thinking that they needed a mm-hmm. white man lead uh-huh. to make 
money. Yep. I don't know yep. if they were mistaken themselves or if they were just trying to create a false narrative with the hyper-masculine uh, white American hero doing everything um, versus a woman, a black, brown, mm-hmm. whatever you have, you, know, you name it, you have like just spread the love. Um, and they're starting to with streaming platforms because of the mm-hmm. um, more the freedom they have with the content. And yep. that's affecting studio choices as well. But studios still do it in a way that I think sometimes are still stereotypical, you know, with the way they style somebody, with um, mm-hmm. the way they cast. Like, it's still not really the right way, but they're going to get there. <laughs> The thing is, the reason why they did it the exact same way every time is because that's what worked every time. Yeah. They didn't think that Black Panther was going to be a billion-dollar hit. I guarantee you they mm-hmm. did not think that. I think that right. Kevin Feig, who um, is one of the producers, I have talked about him on this podcast before. This man is brilliant. From yeah. the very first Iron Man movie until the very last um, Spider-Man 2 movie, everything was interwoven. I don't know if you you noticed this. I think I posted on Instagram. I may have not. I Mm -hmm. sat down and I watched all 22 movies back to back in chronological order with their settings. So I think the first movie was uh, Captain America. So, yeah, Cap- yeah, cause Captain America was set in like the fifties. I literally watched all of them in six days while I was working eighty uh, forty hours a week. By the way, um, I watched Damn. them in six days back to back, and I'm telling you, from the first movie until the last, they talk about Wakanda back in 2011. They talk about every little thing, everything is so interwoven. It's so amazing mm-hmm. to watch these films. And it's so cool how there's such a thread. But I'm, yeah. I guarantee you, when he, po- when he put Black Panther out, he probably was like, mm, it's going to be a moderate hit, I'm sure. And look what it did. Right. A yeah. billion dollars. A billion. No, that's amazing. I, this is a great time we're in now because you mm-hmm. know it's really a lot of things are really truly changing and it's yep for the better you know and there's resistance against it but it's going to happen regardless of whether people want it or not you know so you might as well just step aside and let it happen <laughs> the world is turning brown all over <laughs> so just accept I, it I have to ask you this I really have to yeah. ask you this. So, did you see Hollywood on uh, Netflix by Ryan Murphy? You know, I, I did, not. did not. Oh, it's so good. Um, you had mentioned the Me Too experience. Have mm-hmm. you, and you don't have to get in detail if it has happened, have you experienced it as a, a yeah. man? Oh, oh, you answered that too oh quickly. Oh, my God, oh, yeah. my heart. Yeah, no, for sure. Oh, for what? I have, but I, I was able to handle myself. You know what I mean? Um, it happened to me in New York, wow. in the modeling world, where it was more 
an uncomfortable situation because you're dealing with photographers and agents who try to exploit um, their models, right? But then you also have you also have it in Hollywood where people are trying to Mm -hmm. hold their power over you and take advantage of you by dangling potential uh, breaks, which um, Mm -hmm. I never fell for and uh, I stayed away from. But Mm -hmm. it definitely happened to me, and I would you know I would be. uh, shunned basically from a circle because I didn't do what I was asked. Huh. Um, and that's a lot of that actually fuels my series. A lot of those characters will, will have storylines that to me or that I've witnessed. Got it. Um, Got it. And there also will be storylines that will be situations where I ask myself the question, what, what if I said yes? And then the show mm. would explore what would happen that would be my imagination, right? But oh, for sure! Wow, for sure. Um, it happens happens to you men. You answered of course, too quickly. My heart. Of course, it happens to women more. Uh, more, right? But it does right. happen to some men as well. And um, yeah, it's for sure an important story to be told. And again, because of what happened to Weinstein and Epstein <laughs> um, that mm. a lot of people now are going to, of course, be more careful and uh, because they could be the next um, one. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it does happen. And some. Sure. There's, but there's some amazing you... people as well in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, more amazing people than, than not, but there are those that abuse their power. Do you think that it's slowed down gone away? What do you think is happening with that now? Um, you know, that happened, and then the quarantine happened, so a lot of things happened all at once, right? But I mm-hmm. I think that people are... Some people definitely got scared and are um, behaving. Others yeah. are just being more cautious, like, yeah. With it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, friend. and also, mm-hmm. uh, also a lot of people that do that have a superiority complex, so naturally they feel invincible. So they might still think that they would never get caught, or um, some mm. people don't even believe they're doing anything wrong. So what, why would they stop mm. that, you know? So mm-hmm. uh, what were your friends? My friend, he he is heterosexual, cisgender, and he actually experienced it this January. So it's yeah. still happening. Wow. Where? Yeah. What's that? What city? L.A. <laughs> I love how you said that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm scared of L.A. Because here's why I'm scared of L.A. I feel like I know myself. I have sort of an addictive personality and and I'm also an ambitious person. So I feel yeah. like if I ever moved to LA, I would be hustling to be famous nonstop. And I would just believe my press. I would do outrageous yeah. things and I'm just like, yeah, I don't want to get sucked in. I want I'm not Pollyanna out here, but I just uh, I don't want to get an ego basically. I'm scared of that. I mean, I, I if you. I did move to L.A., I'd have a, you know, 
polyglot husband, which would be great, but um, he's <laughs> rocking and has like a billion citizenships around the world, but um, <laughs> who might, I think he would, I think he would be very protective of me, but I'm just nervous <laughs> about LA. LA scares me. Um, yes, I am very protective of people that moved to LA and one mm-hmm. of my close friends from New York moved here recently and it's a mm-hmm. marketing professional who was working for a cosmetic brand and um, like in the corporate uh, position and then moved out here and all of a sudden now he's like, oh, I'm an actor. And I was like, where the hell did that come from? So he got that L.A. bug, oh I my called God. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I, I'm always going to support my friends. But when it comes to the craft and our, our industry, you know, that um, it's something I've basically dedicated my life to and sacrificed so much for. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I respect when you earlier said you're an aspiring actor because you did, you did some classes and background, but you're still wanting to accomplish more before you call yourself an actor, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I do. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I applaud you for that. And I did the same thing at first. Mm-hmm. I knew in my heart I was an actor, but when I talked to people, mm-hmm. I was like, let me get more under my belt. But, um, right. Where was I going with this? Yeah, I was going with the protectiveness, exactly. And yeah. look, if I wanted fame, I would have been famous already, and I could have, like you were saying. Yeah. I could have yeah. accepted all the immoral offers. I could have gone there. I could have done this and that. But early on, for yeah. me, it was more about my artistic journey and my my integrity and mm-hmm. my um, what I can contribute to the industry and what stories I can tell which is why I'm so grateful when I've gotten roles that represent and reflect, you know, my intellectual, my uh, political beliefs or that have a message um, that are deeper than just entertainment, which obviously is also mm-hmm. great. You know, and then, um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm grateful to be in a point now of taking control and especially, um, you know, not having gone the route I could have gone you know, the fast track mm-hmm. uh, and yep. still having full control over my own path. And, and it, that feels Same. good, even if it mm-hmm. takes longer and, and is, yep. is harder, essentially. So same. I feel the exact same way because I could have moved out to L.A. I mean, Madonna moved to New York with $35 in her pocket. Madonna. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. In the 80s, she did that. So, From Boston, right? I mean, I could. Detroit, Michigan. Oh, okay. And I could have done that. I could have moved to L.A. I, I actually, after I graduated high school, I said, oh, I want to go to New York because I wanted to go to the uh, neighborhood playhouse. Uh, but then I said, no, I don't want to do that. I want to be smarter. I actually went to college to get my business degree so that one day I could open my own production company and produce my own stuff. And wow. I'm so glad that I waited. And I know, like you said, it's been a long time, but during this pandemic, and I think I told you this, I am now consulting on three fucking movies. What? Three movies. I'm consulting. That's yeah. So 
I'm doing it at my pace, on my terms, and I am so excited. So. And it I, feels so much better it, when when you succeed. It's so because much it's better. Your terms and, exactly. It's yes. so much. Um, and just to let you know, just to give you a heads up, I just rented my stretch of Texas Ground on Amazon Prime, and I'm going to be watching it after this. So. Oh, well, that's yep. what think. It, it's probably going to be the yeah. best three ninety nine yeah. I ever spent. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they messed up the editing. I got to tell you that part, but the message of the story and the character I portrayed um, is um, very, very strong. Okay. Um, yeah. So I have to ask you this. After everything that you've struggled with, so mm-hmm. 10 years from now, you and I are married with kids, and <laughs> well, first of all, are they going to have like Moroccan names, like or are they going to have like typical American names? I want a boy and a girl. You know, I I that's actually a cool question because I was always thinking about whether I, you know if I have kids, if I want kids, because I don't think everybody needs to. Have oh, kids. you we're do almost, want this kids? This world is Thank overpopulated. Uh, <laughs> okay. No, so we're going to adopt. Kids. Yeah, we're gonna have oh, there you go. because you know. I so. Oh yeah, yeah. People need. There's so many children that need families. Thank need you. Homes. Thank um, you. So. I love Arabic names. I mean, you have a lot of Arabic names yeah. in um, in like the African American mm-hmm. community, like Aliyah, the beautiful uh, the singer. Uh, True. Uh, Latifa, Omar. Latifa, Omar, Latina, yeah. yeah. Fatima yeah. Robinson, like all of those yeah. names, but. Uh, yeah, I love like Aaliyah Amazing was being always considered. Okay. Amazing. Uh, I met her. She's beautiful and kind and talented. Um, you met wait, Fatima or Aaliyah? Fatima, no, Aaliyah was before I moved uh, before my time. Um, before I moved to okay. the states, but um, Fatima I met. And um, are you yeah, surprised Jamal. I know Fatima? Uh, no, she's pretty big. No, she did. I mean, okay. she worked with Aaliyah too. Okay, so before I'm you go on, I have to tell you this. Uh-huh. I, you are freaking me out. Like, you really are freaking me out right now. Um, <laughs> so my best friend, Brandon, he wrote a movie called Kitty. And I think I showed you the synopsis of it. Basically, it's the movie Kids from the 90s, but it's like the um, LGBT version of it. Okay. So these two kids, one is named Baby Girl and the other one's named AJ. They're both homeless. Baby Girl is a pro on the street. AJ is brand new because he just got kicked out of his house. They meet. Yeah. And they think in their mind, oh, um, I heard that if you get HIV, you get set up in a house, you get food sent to you, everything. You get a good life. So why don't we uh-huh. make a pact to see who can get HIV first? Stupid kid thing. True story. Um, yeah, probably. You know, it probably I, is a true I, story, I can, but this is I fiction. Also, it's, remind me to, to tell you about something in New York. Oh, but go ahead. The tea has been filled. So, um... <laughs> So the Brandon asked me to be. This is one of the movies I'm consulting on. 
He's like, honey, That's I am not trans. I am a white story. Beautiful story. gay man. And Brandon is very much, his personality is very much ingrained in AJ. Although, obviously, his life isn't anything like AJ. Baby girl, mm-hmm. she's trans. And guess what her name is that she chose? Aaliyah. Just take a random guess. Yes, it is. And what was Aaliyah's nickname? What was Aaliyah's nickname that Timbaland and Missy called her? Yes, it was. Guess where he got the idea for Aaliyah from? Uh, Just take a wild guess. The Quran? No, me. So here's it. He knew (laughs) for a fact that Aaliyah was one of my favorite artists of all time. He oh, knew that. When she died, my mom woke me up because I was living with my mom at the time, and I bawled for like 10 minutes. I and he knew this. He knew this, and he wrote it in the movie, and he also knew that I had a crush. Now, don't get jealous, but I have a crush on Henry Cobble. And what oh. character did Henry Cobble <laughs> play? Superman. And that is yeah. AJ's nickname. I'm like, Brandon, I hate you right now. You just stole my life and just put it in a movie. That's hilarious. So when you, so when you said our daughter is going to be named Aaliyah, I mean, that's crazy. I love that name. I, I, for, I, for a boy, I always love the name Sebastian. And I don't know why. Oh, cool good intentions. Good, yeah. yeah, good oh, one, I though. Think. And it's also my other crush, Sebastian Stan. Are you going to be jealous from all the crushes that I have? I just uh, wonder. Okay. Yeah, um, you, uh, you don't seem like yeah. a jealous guy. No? No, not anymore. When I was younger, yeah, yeah when I was younger, because I, I was so passionate and like, I loved hard. But now, yeah. I'm I chill. Like, yeah. It doesn't define, you know, my quality with some other people might do or not do. I'm still... Hmm. I might have to do something to kind of like, because I do want a little bit of jealousy, so I might have to do something like that. (laughs) (laughs) I regret it. regret it. You'd be like, oh, no, the the temper will come out. Oh, gosh. (laughs) But, yeah. um, Oh, so the story you said, I can verify to you that it is true. Mm -hmm. So the job I told you about when – I was in the Peace Corps, the ver- type of Peace Corps, it's called uh, Reconciliation yeah. Services. I mm-hmm. uh, essentially was working in um, supportive housing and social services in Midtown Manhattan. And one of the group, it was four groups. It was former homeless, it was uh, mentally ill, and elders. And the fourth group was um, advanced HIV, so AIDS, um, and it's something uh, uh, people suffering from AIDS. And it was, it's something that they talk on poems about. Once mm-hmm. the cell count reaches a threshold that's below a certain number, that's when you can get disability. And you can get, um, in New York, it's called wow. Asa, which is an organization that helps them with housing and everything. But first, they have to be very sick. So you, you would yeah. have homeless people that would, um, advertently catch it, or you would have people that were healthy, living with HIV, you know, um, stop taking medication or whatever just to get sicker so that mm. they can have 
the financial support they need. So oh there is merit to that story, and I think I think that that, wow. uh, that could be a great film that you're you know working on. Let me tell you something. When I read the script, first of all, I've known Brandon for 20 years, and when I say I've known him for 20 years, I mean he has been one of my best friends. I met his siblings, I met his mom, I met his dad. He is part of my life. Like, he is part of my family. I'm part of his family. Love him. When I'm reading this script, and there are parts of me in this character, I was bawling when I was done. Because I just felt like my friend of 20 years saw me, heard me, and even when I came out to him as trans, he goes, bitch, I thought we were going to have this conversation two years ago. Like, he's known me and I, before I even knew me. So it was just wow. so refreshing to read this script. And I can't say she's exactly like me because, trust me, she is not. But Baby Girl has some qualities that I'm like, wow, Brandon. Right. Wow. Is, is he doing a feature a or a short? It, it's going to be a feature. Um, yeah, I'm so excited. I love that story. Yeah, I'm so excited. We're we're trying to get um, Billy Porter actually from Pose and also uh, Tiffany Haddish on on the project. So it's still in the early stages wow. of um, yeah, but hopefully we'll start filming by next year. Hopefully, if everything with COVID goes good. Um, and funding and all that good stuff. You know how that is. But right, of yeah, I'm so excited about this project. This is my first uh, consulting project ever. And I'm just. Would you play the uh, baby Oh, God. She's 18. I could never. Listen, I can pull oh. off young, but I cannot pull right. off 18. I know, yeah. <laughs> we may I think so that we stand yeah. next to an 18-year-old and it's like, oh, shit. It right. like infants. Right. <laughs> I'm like, maybe not. But, um, <laughs> oh, my God. When we get married, you're you're going to follow your tradition of marrying older again. Because I'm older Are you older now? I am. You look young. She? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate Thank that. You. Thank you. I wait. You're 35. I am mm-hmm. 29. What are you talking about? Come on. <laughs> yeah, Come kidding. on. Well, first of all, <laughs> you do look young. First of all, but Thank I looked you up. That's how I knew. Um, yeah. I'm nine, <laughs> nine years older than you. Really? Yep. You don't look it at all. So, well, first of all, black don't crack. And second of all, um, I don't drink, smoke, or do drugs at all. I drink a ton of water. And my mom doesn't look like she's 66. Like, some of my aunts don't look like they're in their 80s. It's just that, I don't know, something in our our blood. We have, like, 1% Native American. And I think that that, like, 1% helps us just a little bit, so. Oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, as we wrap up, do you have any final um, – actually, you know what? I do, on, I do a show on Sundays, and I have this thing at the end. I have two things. One, an Eva Mendez moment, 
we created this because there was this, like, um, a couple of years ago, it was, like, so, it, well, compared to now, it wasn't. But it was, there was a bad time of the year. And Eva Mendez put out this, like, video where it was lighthearted and we're like, girl, stay on topic. Read the room. Like, what are you talking about this for when, so we created this thing called the Eva Mendez moment where something wonderful happened to you in your life and you want to mention it. And then I do a shout out. So do you have a, like an Eva Mendez moment that something has happened either in the past or recently that's just like, every time you think about it, you just smile. Oh, I mean, yeah, many moments. But yeah, one I think about, and it's work-related, it was um, 2017, and that was, was it 17 or 16? Oh, my God, I can't even remember. I think 2017. So anyway, it was like 13 years after I had moved um, to the U.S. and mm-hmm. to, you know, to do what I'm doing and to pursue it and it could have gone it could have all gone very wrong it wasn't easy but mm-hmm. ultimately came together right so I was sitting mm-hmm. in um, the car service that picked me up to my flight to Berlin because I was cast um, on a beautiful show called Counterpart it was a stars show stars network mm-hmm. okay With, um, yeah have you heard of the show Mm-mm. With um, yeah, J.K. Simmons, and then oh, after a few months okay. of doing um, the L.A. Um, scenes, we filmed everything in the studio in L.A. Then we went to mm-hmm. Berlin to film the um, outdoor scenes, location shots, because a lot of it was set in Berlin. And Berlin was the city that I came from. I grew up in Düsseldorf, West Germany, but Berlin is, was the place where I came to the U.S. from because I did a seminar there with a job for a couple of weeks. And then from Berlin, I came to New York. And mm-hmm. 13 years later, big show, um, first mm-hmm. class. I mean, they pay for it, not me. And, mm-hmm. you know, the whole shebangs, um, big production to go back, quote unquote, home with, with an American show to film for a month that moment to me stood out because not because of the first class or anything like that. It was just about the full circle moment where yeah. I came to do it. And now I'm going back doing it. I was like, shit. And that, that gave me really confident. That gave me the confidence I needed to take it to the next level. Um, you know, and be where I'm at now to, to, to commit to my stories again, you know? So yeah, that moment, uh-huh. There you have it. <laughs> Aw, that's an amazing moment. I think I'll probably have that moment at some point. Of course you will. Actually, you know Absolutely. what? Actually, you know what? I did. So um, I guess my even mended moment was very similar. I grew up in um, Western Mass at this um, place called Pheasant Hill Village. And when I lived mm-hmm. there as a kid... I mean, and I can show you some pictures, beautiful, you know, the, the um, lawn was always mowed beautifully. Um, there were gardens in front of, like, near the front doors. 
Uh, there was always kids running around. There's a basketball court, a pool, tennis court, playground. It was just idyllic. But it was Section 8 housing, but you wouldn't know it. You would think, if you were yeah. driving through the village, you would think that they were condominiums. It was just so wow. nice. And I had such an idyllic childhood. And when I started to write um, my book, I decided, let me just go back and relive yeah. that life because it was such a good time in my life. And I wrote that second book called The Family Portraits in four days. What? And it was, it was basically about all the good memories I had from my childhood. I just intercept, interspersed them with this character that I had created. And at the time, I hadn't transitioned. After I transitioned, I drove back to that village as authentic me. And it was just so surreal. I was crying when I was driving around there. It was so surreal. Wow. Um, yeah, that would, yeah. That's so funny you mentioned that. I forgot about that moment. Crazy. That is powerful. And so um, you wrote books. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't tell you that. I, no. I self-published and wrote two. The first one's called The Ice Princess. The second one is called wow. The Family Portrait. It's about a black trans woman who starts out as a retail manager. Uh, she, she's just like your average Joe. And then she, because of YouTube, gets on a soap opera. And she becomes a soap star. And then from there, she becomes a movie star. And I uh, haven't written a third one yet. I kind of don't want to let the character go. Um, but right. I don't know where I want to take the third one. I have a couple of ideas, but I don't know. So the first one is just like setting you up with her. and You find out who she is. She has mm-hmm. three guys she's in love with. And each one of those guys is totally different from each other. And yeah. then the second book, she finally choose, chooses a guy. And she gets these, uh, her mom passes away. And she gets all these journals and notes and everything from her, her brother who has found all these things. And they have a strained relationship and he kind of wanted to just give it to her and then you travel into her past and you see how she became who she is because a lot of my friends ask me you know how did you get to where you are as far as your tradition right what are some of the things that shaped you and I put those things in the book so so yeah I'm not not sure what I want to do with the third one I I don't want to let her go she's my she's my baby (laughs) That's beautiful. Oh, um, before I ask you one question, I did, or before I get your shout out, I did have another question. So after everything you struggled with to get where you are, um, again, 10 years from now, we're married, we have our kids, Aaliyah and Sebastian. <laughs> what if they said that they wanted to get into acting? How what would you react? the kids? What if my kids wanted yeah. to become actors? 
Yeah, or modeling. I, I went, yes. I, that'll be interesting to see me as a dad because I grew up um, experiencing a lot of hardship and some great times. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've, you know, literally, literally um, flown first class and lived on the street both in like short periods wow. of time. Um, wow. Like no, yeah. And having said that, um, I mean by that, that when I have kids, I obviously don't want them to experience hardship, but I also don't want them to be spoiled or sheltered too easy. They're sheltered, mm-hmm. exactly. So I would want to, for them to understand um, hardship, um, understand that poor people are not lazy people. Um, mm-hmm. it does, you know, that that's not the conclusion to, to take, that um, life isn't fair. Um, and then I'll support them with everything they want. But it has to be something they truly want. Not, I don't want them to be wanted, wanted to be actors just to be famous. I would want them to want to mm-hmm. act because they, they love the art form or the, the performance art of it. Um, you know, and if they want a model, I want them to be into fashion, into haute couture and whatever, and not just, not just being pretty. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. They have to be definitely mm-hmm. behind their choice. And I'll support it, but they'll have to prove themselves to me before I, you know, if I were to get to the point where I could just help them easily, then they would have to prove themselves first a little bit at least. (laughs) You know what I mean? So if they come to me and tell me, Mom, I want to be an actor or modeling, I'm just going to say, go talk to your dad. (laughs) <laughs> go talk to your dad. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not dealing with this. There you go. I'll <laughs> <laughs> make it easy. Do you have anyone that you want to give a shout out to before I let you go? Oh, of course, I have to give a shout out to my mom. Given that you know her already. Uh, What's up, mama? Well, I, I can't mommy, wait to actually. meet her at the engagement party. No, just kidding. Um, Naturally, she is so sweet. Like. Even just through the TV, I could just, like, I'm like, I want to hug this woman. She's just so freaking adorable. <laughs> yeah, she's a lovely oh. woman. She's a hard yeah. worker. Great mom. She loved her. She loved her boy. And I, I can see that. I can see that in spades. Yeah, she lived oh. quite the life. Oh. It'll be a lifetime movie one day. <laughs> I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to rewatch your episode now. I want to see the nervousness you're talking about. Because I didn't see it when I was watching it. I did not see it yeah, at all. My sister saw it. She's like, oh, my God, it's so cute. But uh, it's probably you have to probably know her baseline. Like, you have to know her, how she is oh. on a daily basis. You know, to see the difference. But, yeah, it was cute. Mm-hmm. And she warmed up. We all warmed up by the end. What, one thing I didn't ask you, I'm so stupid. How did you get linked up with Tarek? Um, how did that happen? All right, so I had a, I had another, I did a few investments over the years, and then um, mm-hmm. flips, and one of the flips was featured on House Hunters. They saw my realtors listing, they liked oh, uh, okay. the photos, and they wanted to just film in there for House Hunters, which we obviously were okay with, and then yep. um, stayed in touch with that production company, and it was the same production company that Pytown oh. that does uh, a Tark show and they 
had a show and, you know, we interviewed, sent, or did a, was it Skype at the time? Like a FaceTime mm-hmm. thing and they liked us and, um, yeah. Uh, we, we we signed up to do it. Oh, I love that. You are just like, seriously, you have luck on your side, and I love that. You know what that means? <laughs> that means you're a good person because good things happen to good people. I just try. let you know that. My oh, my God, that. it's awesome. So, any last words before I let you go and start? vigorously typing to you on Instagram. Um, stay in touch. Thank you for having me. Everybody wear your masks. Don't freak out. Yes. <laughs> and, wear your mask. And please nice. wear them properly. Over your nose, yes. not under. Thank exactly. you. Idiot. Yeah. Trump. Yeah. <sighs> and go vote this election. No matter what. Yes. Vote blue. No matter what. And then we'll deal with making blue better next time. <laughs> is um, California doing mail-in voting? Um, I believe so, yeah. Massachusetts is too. And for the record, Charlie Baker, our governor, is a Republican, and he is the most Democratic Republican I have ever seen. Yeah, you have. I can guarantee you he's probably going to be reelected. For He's going to be in that position for... For quite a while. Um, everybody yeah. loves him. I mean, he's not perfect, obviously, but he's perfect yeah. for Massachusetts. So, um, right. yeah, he announced that we're doing mail-in voting this year. So, Very good. It's, it's cool. going to change everything. You know? Oh, my goodness. I cannot wait. Thank you so much well, for coming for having on. Me, I appreciate Amy. it. I love you. You know that. Mwah. Thank you all for listening, and please, please, please go check out Amazon Prime, My Stretch of Texas Ground. I cannot wait to watch it. Um, Look for him, because he is going to blow up. I have a feeling, and he better not forget his wife. I'm not just just a trophy (laughs) wife. You know what I'm saying? But... (laughs) I love making you You're laugh. Awesome. Either at me or with me. It doesn't matter. You're laughing. Never at you. Always with me. What a gentleman. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, and I will talk to you in a bit. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Still thirsty for more tea? Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Spilled Tea PC. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Spilled Tea. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.